let's give our listeners a little behind the scenes. So we had him on the podcast and uh, we asked like, what would be your ideal scenario um, for your next, you know, big moment. And he actually described, all right, so it's like global pandemic going on and uh, we're against New England. We're up man, half an hour. Coach, I, he has, uh, we're, we're slow and I, I come off the bench and I let a fire under our butts. I get one, but then we give up another and I'm like, dude, I, I got this. The ball comes to me and. Union goal scored by AJ and Luke, the Goofy Brothers. Hey guys, this is the Doopy Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke, I am in Philly, and it is episode 71. Nice. Yeah, man. How you feeling? Is your throat doing okay tonight? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. How's how's yours? <laughs> my, my throat's doing good. Just checking, man. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. Uh, talk like a normal person tonight. Um, I always appreciate the feedback. You know, I always appreciate the feedback. That was hilarious. Yeah, we always appreciate right. that. <laughs> I, I forgot about that until just now. Um, so tonight we'll talk so. about the Revs two one win. Um, and all the feels about that after the break we'll do uh we'll talk about commentators and the phase two phase two of the mls season uh well the second part of the mls season maybe the third if you count the tournaments so or fourth if you count the first part so it's whatever yeah we're just we got more games to preview so yeah we'll preview those and um yeah nice nice calm episode tonight so that's good no no tricks, no gimmicks, no nothing, no frill tonight. Just just stupid brothers talking union. So that's some good or bad stuff for you guys. So, um, I mean, obviously, obviously, we won to one. But what were your feelings on this game? Uh, a little mixed. Um, like like we said in the last one, it's this is our third time playing the Revs in about like what feels like a month, maybe. Um, so and. The previous two games weren't exactly exciting or emphatic wins or anything so i don't know if we were expecting anything different really but it wasn't the prettiest of games it wasn't a super a game we feel super confident about um uh you know if you if we set aside the fontana uh her- heroic uh performance um i guess aside from that it, it, yeah it wasn't wasn't the union's best uh, best win yeah, yeah, we we were texting throughout the game, and um, yeah, like you said, other than that, the ending. I mean, if if the game ended a minute earlier, we're probably looking this this podcast is gonna have a whole different feel. We're talking about man, these are two points dropped. Um, you got to beat New England at home, and when you're up a man, like you can't not take all three points when you're up a man for half an hour. Uh, so so if. If we say anything positive tonight, you can thank our man, Anthony Fontana. Uh, I did shoot him a message on Instagram, told him him and Matt Real got to come on the podcast soon. Um, so hopefully we can set that up someday. That'd be fun. Yeah, get the two the two goal-scoring machines, Real and Fontana, the font man. Um, so, so let's just talk about some of the things we noticed in this game, things we enjoyed, uh, things I enjoyed the most probably as a 
center back was Glesnes. Um, I, defensively, I thought he played well, but then really what shined was his right to left diagonal balls, hitting that right-footed ball. Uh, we, we were counting on the passing map. He had about 10 balls that he played out to Ambizo out there. Um, and Ambizo, like, the, the kid's good, man. He He's control. I mean, it's going to be silly, but, like, every time the ball went out to him, um, he didn't really have any touches that let him down. Maybe once uh, I can think of, but, like, he has had balls coming at him all all game long from Glesnes, and these are, like, you know, chests. But, like, it's just, like, all over, and he just handled it real well, um, took it forward, and and but the, the Glesnes ball, man, uh, Jim Curtin mentioned it when they first brought him in that he was hitting these balls, and it's it's fun to watch as, as a center back. It's just a way to spread out the field. You're changing the point of attack with one big pass, and to have an outside back who can take it and quickly advance it forward is, is a real real benefit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, and Bezo was like always open. He had so much space on the on the, on the left side, and even Tommy Smith was like. You know, he even he picked up on that that it was he was always open and he always wanted Beza to, to drive it forward. But it was really Beza's. It, it didn't take as as much advantage of uh, that space as as much as he could, and uh, just because he is like he just has no left foot, and it's which is a little difficult being that he's playing on the left side and is getting all these opportunities to take the ball forward and. But it really, it was really a little discouraging seeing that because yeah, like you said, he has so much talent. He's we I'm really excited about him, but he's I don't know at players with one foot, it's it's so limiting and it's it's really like shocking to see that uh in like a professional game because we you know we see that in our games, but it's 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 really like a momentum killer so so often with Mbezo because he he had the opportunity to go left and go take the space you know down the line but he like cut it back so often and kind of killed any kind of you know build up that he that he could have created so a little frustrating but i still like yeah i'm also like super high on him he's defensively played pretty pretty great and yeah he's he's a lot of talent but i mean come on man work on the left foot is a little frustrating uh yeah i get it um so yeah i guess I guess my feeling is a little different because um, he is playing out of position. I mean, he's not a left back. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to be able to hit a left-footed ball regardless, but, I mean, yeah. sometimes we see Ray Gaddis can't even hit a right-footed ball. Um, I, 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 I think we need to stop on the Ray Gaddis slander. He's – but, okay, know, keep, but keep going, keep going. Keep going, yeah. I, I mean, how I, you know, that was an easy low-hanging fruit. Um but yeah, so he's playing out of position, and I see it. I see it as a as a bright spot because we've got a young guy who's getting minutes, who who's obviously you know waited his time, fought, and proved that he, I guess, is higher up than Matt Real on the left side, even being a right back. Um, it stinks he doesn't have that left foot, but it's almost like he's following the Ray Gaddis uh, school of becoming right back first you've got to play left back for a while and then eventually you'll get to move over to right back and you'll have all this set experience um it helps defensively that he's got a guy like mark mckenzie so that he is able to i, I don't know there's you know when you have two center backs behind you who 
are playing awesomely as an outside back you can be a little more relaxed and uh take more risks like you're saying like you want to see him do that more because he does have that nice cushion behind him but like i mean i, I for a guy playing out of position i think overall yeah he didn't ever i don't think he knows he has a left foot because i don't think he touched the ball with his left foot once but overall i think he he's been a positive and a bright spot i think we've seen him win one-on-one battles with guys and um show that he can hang out there i mean he's got the speed um physical he's not uh like for a young guy he's seems like he's got uh good enough head on his shoulders as far as not making stupid mistakes not really giving the ball up easily i mean everyone's gonna give have a turnover here and there but um yeah it's not like when he got the ball i was like oh geez here we go yeah no i i I agree with most that i i just think it's even if he's playing out of position he has to use his left foot like it's any soccer player needs to use both feet like i don't know it is it is it just it just makes it so much more difficult and he was like dribbling into the box with it on his right foot with the defender on his right side so that's not good like that's just gonna like just decrease your success rate by so much so but yeah. for the most part i do agree that he's overall i really like seeing him out there even if it's out of position I, I do i can see the the bright spots you know disregarding his his one foot in this and and i guess i guess in just la- last thing on this we don't want to i think nest on this one point i think i heard mm-hmm. someone say on the podcast um I guess I would prefer him to be safer with his right foot uh, and hold possession because when he's pulling it back, he's giving it to you know Montero or Martinez. Um, whereas if he's hitting a left-footed ball, he's it's it's a hopeful ball. Um, I, I don't know, like he he wasn't giving up the ball wastefully, trying to do something that he knew he couldn't do. So yeah, he wasn't taking high risk, but. Uh, we were we were keeping the ball. I mean, we dominated the game because we we just kept the ball. I mean, we weren't giving them chances. Um, so that would be my last thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So let's move on to um, Andrew Boone, who got the start because Sergio Santos is still injured. So Boone got in and he had a decent game. He had that that one really open look in the like the first minute. Um, yeah, that I think that would have changed the season. I yeah. mean, not to be like over dramatic about it but i think if he scores that this is a game where um the union needed to score some goals because we just don't score against new england as we've seen three three games against them and we've only scored two goals mm-hmm. uh i mean three goals um so if, i think if he could have scored that that would really change he he just needs some goals man just like any striker it's tough to tough to say he's doing too great without um having great return of interest yeah. Uh, no investment um, ROI, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was dropping in more, which kind of let Casper sit a little bit higher, and I think that may have been by design. Like it's almost like they flipped roles from a previous game where Casper was dropping in deeper and leaving Vooten up high. Right. Uh, so like in the at least in the first half, Vooten was dropping in deeper. Second half, I feel like I didn't really see him at all. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't I guess- remember any. I mean, I guess he was also like subbed out, but <laughs> I guess that's a factor. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. What do you think? So, 
No, we'll get into starting lineups next week. Or not, uh, after the break, we'll talk about who we want up there with Casper, if, if not Santos. I thought Bedoya looked tired. He he was taking some hacks, and um, he earned his yellow card. That was There's no doubt him and that guy, like Butner. Butner yeah, were, yeah, he really got him there. We're going at it. And, and yet, I, I just... I, I'm surprised that he plays as long as he does. And I know Curtin knows his players more than I do, but... Um, I felt like it would have been a fine time to give Bedoya a break. You know, you're up, you're up a man. You need to be pushing a fresh set of legs rather than running Bedoya longer. Um, I feel no, like I, I'm glad. I am glad that Curtin was forced to do something different than let's put in El Cino and play play through him. But um, yeah, I just, I just feel like Bedoya needed a break throughout this the stretch of games and he he never got it now he's got a week off which is good but i wonder if he'll get a break at all next week when we've got three games in, in a week basically yeah i agree yeah I, I i definitely agree that he should be getting more breaks but i feel like this game it was too tough because they had like five subs or like you know like five field players to, to pull from there with all the injuries so i think it I mean, I don't know what Kern would have done with a full bench, but I feel like it, like without having like Osinio like as an option, like that just I, I think it, it lent towards Bedoya having to be on the field more. So this game would have been tough for him to get a break, but I, I definitely agree he he could use one because he definitely looks gassed. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get worried after last year seeing how his season kind of ended with uh, going going down late in the year. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he came back to the playoffs, but uh, yeah, you had to miss miss some, and that's just like wear and tear on the body type stuff. It wasn't an, it, like man on man injury; it was wear on the body more of more than anything. Right. Um, so yeah, I just we just need him to be ready or to keep it together. He's driving right, the team. Quick question: If Bedoya say he rests, or even just when he gets subbed out, who would you give the captain's band to? Um. I mean, I guess you'd probably go Blake, then Ray, then Mackenzie. I would go Gaddis, Mackenzie, and then I, w- I don't like giving him a keeper. It's not like that's like useless because like oh. the captains have to talk to the, the they, or they're supposed to talk to the refs and stuff. So I don't think it makes sense. But I, that's, yeah, I w- that's an unwritten rule. But yeah. Oh yeah, but you know that's and anyone can talk to the ref. No, I know, but like the, it's a captain. But yeah, I, I would go Ray. I think he's obviously a veteran, but I also think he's he's a leader. So like, yeah. like he, the, everyone or backs him. So if if you're trying to get a guy to talk to the ref, Ray Gaddis, <laughs> the nice guy, he's gonna be like, hey ref, you know, you're doing. A, let me let me start here, ref. I think you're doing a fantastic job. You're really really doing great. You're a nice guy. You got your jersey tucked. Me too. We're matching. That's great. Um, I would just, just appreciate if maybe, you know, that throw in that went against us, I think maybe it could have gone for us and it kind of like changed momentum. Um, but you know what? You're right. You're right, ref. You know, when you're right, you're right. I apologize for taking up your time. Uh, keep up the good work and, uh, you know, just really, really proud of the job you're doing tonight. Um, I, yeah. I think he'd be so nice that I think the ref would give, give, give us the, 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 the favors of those calls. Oh, you think? I yeah. guess it depends. I, I think it also depends on the ref. Like, there's that one guy who looks for confrontation. Um, it makes the game about him. Yeah. Uh, 
but then other refs you might be right so yeah i guess it depends on the ref maybe that's maybe that's the, the thing is like are you gonna have a guy who's gonna be able to go toe-to-toe with the ref with a uh, attitude or you know a guy who's gonna respond to ray gaddis's big heart yeah uh, maybe that's a pre-game thing you see the ref you see the referee assignments and you're like all right well if the is not the guy then uh you know, Jameer goes snarl at the ref or something. <laughs> we got some some captaincy analysis. This is some good next next gen <laughs> stats here. Uh... <laughs> All right, so let's get into the second half um, because Pulster gets the second yellow. Awesome by Martinez to earn it. And I mean, there wasn't much argument to the to the call. And props to Martinez who picked up his own yellow, so he's out next game. But uh, yeah, he he definitely. <laughs> definitely drew this one that was, that was well done and um just a smart play on his part but my problem with this so we're up a man uh i felt like we were out coached after that i felt like we did not get after the game as a team that's up a man should have i think um i know i know you'd already mentioned that we only had five guys on the bench but um like we're not we're not even using the guys like you he made uh Curtin made the same sub he made the last game so it's not like he changed much um he left the other three players i mean i guess jack devries came in for one pass a uh, one minute um but cold turner Mich- mishi like i i just <sighs> okay let me go to the other side and say what i liked that arena did arena's guys went down a man Arena put in Diego Fugendez, Lee Wynn, um, Scott Caldwell, uh, Buchanan, who's up the right side. He, he's the one who scored the goal, right? And then yeah. Gustavo Bo. And so he put in five guys who are essentially attacking players. He's not subbing in more defensive players. So mentally what that does to a team is says, all right, we're down a man, but we're still coming after this team. We're still going to try to you know, win this game. And I felt like we were kind of in the lackadaisical, all right, we're up a man, we're going to end up scoring a goal, and let's let's just win this one nothing. Whereas that was not going to be allowed by the way Arena coached. I felt like he outcoached Curtin on this one. What were your thoughts? No, I agree. I think it, I think it also shows uh, uh, it's another example of the, the lack of respect that uh, Arena has for the union. Yeah. He just doesn't care yeah. for us. So he's like, oh, we're down a man, we're still going to beat this team. We don't care about them. So he's just gonna throw all of his attackers on and see what happens. But I, yeah, yeah, I, I basically agree with that. I, I like the Fontana sub. Um, I, I wish I, I also yeah, I wish I saw Galena, but I, I liked Fontana coming in for Vuden because, um, like we said, like Vuden kind of faded in the second half. But and and I think Fontana is is if it's not Olsino to bring the spark off the bench, Fontana is a guy that could do that. So I, I like that one. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't know what else Curtin really could have done with his options, except except for maybe Galena. But he's su- extremely unproven. So what what are you gonna do with that? So I don't know. I'm not super uh, down. I mean, I just don't see why why not take off Ray Gaddis and put on a Galena for the last ten minutes. You know, like you're up a man. You've got two center backs who are playing awesome. Um, I, I I just feel like you know let's put it into the union's players heads. Like we're going for this. Like, yeah, obviously we know we were up a man, but they weren't playing like it. We were getting, um, 
I mean, we were pretty much playing even soccer for that last half hour, just going back and forth. I mean, obviously it was uh, 1-1 into the 95th minute. So I, I don't know. I just felt like mentally Arena was able to get his players to do more um, with less men on the field than we were. And I felt like I'm not saying Mishi would be like, you know, Augustovo Bo coming in who, you know, isn't he like a DP kind of skill mm-hmm. level guy? Um but I feel like it would send the message like, okay, we're taking off a defender. We're putting on a forward who's pretty much just there to score a goal. I, I don't know. I just felt like, why not? Um, yeah, that'd be my big thing. Like, okay, we're playing New England for the third time in a month. Why not? Let's go for it. You know, we haven't been able to sc- – We last game was 0-0. The game before that was very boring. Um Let's go for it. And so that's just that's just my my two cents. Yeah, no, I can see what you're saying. I, I think I don't know, Fontana scored in like seventy third, so I think maybe if it stayed zero zero a couple more minutes, maybe we could have seen that and it just the timing of the goal you know, maybe affected that that kind of thing. Because that Kern has subbed out a a, a Gaddis or whoever for another striker, so we have seen that from from Kern. Yeah, I mean, I just, so I yeah, I, it, I, I don't. A little bit, I feel like a little, it was more the players in the field were a little bit more, like you said, like lax lackadaisical and like kind of expecting just to get the goal because they're up a man. But I don't know if that was really something Kern could have uh, could have done. I mean, what about like making a bold move? Let me, all right, if the team's lackadaisical, where does that come from? Maybe it comes from the leadership. Maybe Bedoya was gassed. So take out the captain, throw in a forward. Is that not going to put a light on their butts to get them to run? Like, holy smokes, he took out the captain. Um, we better – and he still has one more sub. Like, he's oh, – well, I guess at that point he would have had two more because DeVries would have still been on, who essentially could go in for, you know, any attacker. So you would think, like, if you can send a message, maybe you do it through your captain, and then you have to talk with the captain and say, hey, man, like, we weren't bringing the energy I needed to send a message to the team – um, I saw Jack DeVries in my pocket who I could put in for, you know, Montero, Aronson, Chabil, I You could put him in for anyone. So scream out there, like, be on this bench with me, Captain. Let's get these boys moving. Uh, I just I just felt like there was another way they could have gone about, about it because we almost dropped points at home to New England being up a man for half an hour. Yeah, true. And so I don't believe we did as much as we could have done uh, – in that aspect okay so now that that's out of the way let's let's get into the positives let's talk about anthony fontana because it was a pretty unforgettable night for him it was amazing and to see a homegrown score brace to win a game in, in, in that kind of fashion was pretty amazing yeah man so which i was gonna say which goal did you like more but <laughs> i mean i guess you have to like the goal of the week yeah. MLS of the week announced today. Um, but that first one was so pretty. It's almost like I, I feel like I haven't seen a good enough angle to appreciate it as much as I want to appreciate it. Just with how sweet it was, how calm it was. Um, yeah, that was awesome. And to have Aronson start the play and Casper uh, almost ruin it. But then, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was like, and as soon as as he chipped it he started running away confidently that it was going in i was right. I've been like hands on my knees watching it cross the line 
but as soon as he did that chip he's like running celebrating it was awesome yeah and, and, he, and he and he was so smart he he celebrated but then he knew he ran to the camera to make sure he got his celebration you know front and center so good on him and, and, and he piggybacked it and he real jumped on him oh it was it was so good yeah that was that's what i was gonna say is the best part is the real piggyback after uh he piggybacked real the, the previous game that mm -hmm. that's that's like I don't know. I'm working. I'm, I'm going to write a movie probably about it because that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, movie doesn't end there. You don't end there because then we give up the goal and, and all hope is lost. Um, I'm getting all negative, but then our man pulled it out again. That goal was sweet. And then um, my favorite part about that goal is Matt freeze. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you, so obviously you saw it because you're actually on Twitter. Um, yeah, the tweet that so he says that Fontana stays after practice every day to work on that specific shot. So to see that come to fruition is just like awesome and a lesson for like all kids in the history of kids to stay after practice, work on stuff. It'll 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 come to you. You just gotta yeah. put in that time and effort. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's really cool because it reminds me of like. I don't know whenever you're like a little kid and you're thinking maybe like playing soccer or basketball or whatever and you're like in the backyard and you're making all these scenarios in your head and you make up like the you know the clock's counting down you need a team needs a goal and it's all on you and you hit the like perfect shot and it's like thinking about like practicing that like how it like never happens in a, in a real game in a real situation and then thinking about Fontana like not that he would expect you know practicing this being the, like the last second shot or whatever but like practicing this exact shot that it happening in real life and being that at that kind of moment is i know it's so cool i love it yeah and well let's give let's give our listeners a little behind the scenes so we had him on the podcast and uh we asked like what would be your ideal scenario um for your next you know big moment and he actually described all right so it's like global pandemic going on and uh we're against new england we're up man half an hour coach i he has uh, we're, we're slow and I, I come off the bench and i let a fire under our butts i get one but then we give up another and i'm like dude it, I, I got this and the ball comes to me and and i i hit the, hit the mls goal of the week um and it's just crazy that he described that to us off air and then to see it happen uh it was great it was great yeah, yeah it was, it's it's tough we didn't actually get that part recorded but you know we have that memory no, yeah, and yeah, you know we're not good with technology, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I just gave it to you. Um, so there, I've done a Fontana impression and a Gaddis impression so far in the first half. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, it sounded yeah. just like them both, and not like your exact voice. But I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, that was a Forrest Gump. I was listening to some Forrest Gump comedian. Oh man. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Just uh, thinking of. Um, all right. So let's let's get into Union Best, Union Worst. We've been talking enough about this game. Um, I'll let you take Union Best right now. I mean, okay. Well, it's obviously gonna have to be Fontana. All right. All right. Let's, a... let's let's say Fontana's king. Obviously, um, goal of the week, MLS mm -hmm. team of the week take him off the board okay i'm gonna i might i'll probably take your answer then if if he's off the board and i'm gonna go with gladness you son of a gun okay no okay <laughs> then i'll actually no i'll take gaddis then because i think gaddis has 
had another perfectly steady game and he even said I think he, he was part of the setup for the first goal and I don't know he's like with with all of our fullbacks you know getting time and actually like doing pretty well for the most part he's definitely I feel like he's our best fullback right now yeah, that's awesome okay cool 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 um yeah and I'll take uh I will take the lessons <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> all right do you have any worse from this game um I mean, Real was kind of... Yeah, he was a little iffy on the last goal, but it wasn't just on him. Yeah. I don't know. What? How do you How do you feel about Montero after this game? I know we were a bit concerned in the last episode. What do you feel about him now? Uh, I would say not much has changed. Yeah. Um, we were looking at, uh, I guess, Aronson's actions in this game, and he wasn't involved enough. I wouldn't say he was the worst, because um, I still think he's the best player on the field. Um, and uh, um, so with Aronson real quick I was listening to um, 25 stories and back when they were talking about Landon Donovan and so this is complete sidebar um, they talked about how he he went through many seasons where he was the fastest and the brightest on his team and he never really had a player or players who could like keep up with his actions and thoughts until like Roy Keane um, and uh, I guess Beckham, but really, really the Roy Keane years when he came along, then he finally had a guy who he could really play off of. And, uh, and also in the world cup, like Plant Beasley and um, world cup players, but particularly with the galaxy and MLS, he was always kind of playing with guys who were uh, a step behind. Sometimes when I watch Aronson, I almost feel like he's in that spot where he might be thinking, um, not on the same page. He might be thinking of maybe not always more advanced, but sometimes more advanced passing than some of the other players. Uh, but that's just something I've kind of thought about as I heard those guys talking about Donovan and what he went through as he developed as a young player with Galaxy. Kind of thinking the same thing with Aronson at times. That like, I wonder if when he goes to Europe, and, I'm, and it's more kind of I'm just hopeful for this, that when he's with better players that he just develops even further and further because um, they're seeing and reading and reacting to the game as fast and uh, as highly as he is. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree that like playing in Europe, like he's going to get better because playing with better players, but I don't think he's like on a different level than like every other union player because I, I do like like even though Montero might be might not be playing his peak performance like right now he's I still think he has more better vision than than Aronson I think he like he'll sh he'll play a ball that I don't think anyone else even Aaron Aronson could see in, in games he just maybe just doesn't do it enough in, in our opinion and I think even like Bedoya is really um has good vision and he's and he's pretty uh anticipatory when he when it, when he's combining with other when he's with other players and like we saw that with like you know Vooten just set up Aronson's sweet goal against uh, Red Bull and stuff like that I, I I don't think Aronson's always on another level with or, or like on a on a level above the, the the other other union midfielders and attackers I just I think sometimes they're just not as synced up or I think he's maybe trying to Maybe maybe not force it, but I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe he's trying to force it a little bit and like get himself in those positions where maybe the play isn't 
naturally flowing into that into that thing that he's trying to do but i don't know i i, I see a little bit what you're saying but i don't know if it's I, I i don't completely agree with it because of the talent that's on the union that's fair that's fair all right yeah yeah sometimes i think like playing along that right side i just don't know if bedoya and gaddis keep up with his train of thought but um yeah all right cool 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 all right i don't think we ever got a worse than there and that's okay with me um <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break. After the break, we'll talk about uh, American soccer commentators and we'll preview some a bunch of games in a short time. All right, come back after this. Hey, guys, it's the Doopy Brothers presented by the Brotherly Game. AJ and Luke, thanks for listening as always. All right, so um, we're going to kind of break this into a couple sections, but first we're going to talk about commentating and American commentators in the world's beautiful game. So I guess the reason why we're bringing this up, um, just to be blunt, is uh, the last game I, I watched the game on pretty low volume. Okay. So I, and it's not because I have any disdain or dislike for our broadcasting team. I'm sure they're all doing great, but I just don't like how much I hear them. I would say like, I believe someone said you got to let the game breathe. I don't know where I heard that, but I feel like they they need to I, I want to watch the game to watch the game. I don't want to watch the game to listen to um, announcers tell me every fact, every detail, every play. It's not a hockey game um, on the radio, but that, that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm driving down 95 listening to the Flyers hockey broadcasts. Um, it's just like the play-by-play. All right, to McKenzie, he plays it out to Gaddis. He plays to Bedoya. Bedoya's going to play it back to him. They play it into Martinez, and he does a nice turn. They finds Aaronson, and then, oh, the ball's turned over to uh, Bula. And it's just like, I, my opinion is I would prefer, if I'm watching on TV, to feel like I can – I I love the MLS is back where I could hear the players. That's I'll say that. I like enjoying uh, real crowd noise but I don't need the fake crowd noise. Um, especially especially in MLS when like the games are in smaller stadiums and stuff. We don't need to act like it's, you know, you have a Champions League with big crowd noise. Um, now, I do like, I did enjoy it just because like I kind of missed it. Um, I don't know if uh, the dude is still DJing Sons of Ben chants, but I did enjoy it just because it made me feel good. The pumped in, you know, corner kick cheer, and some of the other chairs that were pumped in that were union specific, but um, like the general rumble of a crowd during game, mm-hmm. like don't really. Yeah, so, no, I agree with that. That, that's, yeah. So go ahead. I'll let you talk. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Cause uh, I do, I do. I, I, Dave Leno like is, has been doing most of the games this season and, and he's seems like he's always well prepared and, and is, and is nice. But yeah, I agree. I think it's just like that, that style of just like, saying every single thing is a little like unnecessary for soccer and we it, you didn't get this but we i had the union broadcast for the columbus game and there is a guy i think jonathan yardley who, who um d- called the game with with tommy and he was really good he was he was just super knowledgeable wasn't as on top of the game with with every every saying every single thing but was just knowledgeable like getting little little bits and pieces into the game and just like shared just like 
unit knowledge, but like general MLS knowledge. And it was just pretty, a little bit more relaxed, I would say, kind of style. And I, th I feel like I appreciated that a little more and it was easier to listen to and also stay focused on the game. And, you know, we know yeah. soccer, so like we, are, we know what's happening. So it's like, it made it a little more enjoyable. So I, I feel like that that kind of style is, that was good. And I, I don't know where, if he was like, if uh, the Yardley guy is someone who's in the, the I don't know, PHL 17, if the, in their like network or whatever, he just like popped in, but he was really good. Right. And I'd be cool to hear him a couple more in in, in some future games. But I, I think, I think the, the maybe the bigger problem in this, in the union broadcast is, is Tommy Smith. Cause he just gets, I think he's just getting, it's just getting worse. Like he just providing less and less. And it's just like the same old, like little one-liners and I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be as a, uh, not really given too much. Yeah. And I guess that is tough. Um, because if, if you're not getting much from your partner that you can really react to, then you're kind of, you might feel the pressure to fill all the dead air. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's for like soccer, particularly, that's not really what you need. It's not like football where you're describing every play um talking yards and downs it's like you know if the ball's in the middle of the field it's in the middle of the field whether it's on the left or the right like i don't really need to know every pass that's happening between the center backs um and then going back to that columbus game because we had uh just seen each other after that one i had the columbus announcing team and i remember really enjoying um, you'll have to remind me of the name because it was a female broadcaster and she was very, very well educated in the unions play as a, Chicago, as a Columbus commentator, she clearly had done her homework. And so the stuff that she was providing is something that like, um, a guy like Dave Leno would be able to really play off of because she, she knew her stuff. And so, um, there was actual, tactical stuff kind of being talked about on the broadcast uh she you could tell that she uh i don't know if, what was her name do you have that jordan angeli and she's she's has a podcast um with crap i forget the dude's name now um the, it's it's a, like called the, the mls assist podcast um so i think they're under like the total soccer show or just are part of like the athletic or whatever however that works now but they're okay. yeah, so and they're like a tactical MLS podcast. So like it makes it, it that makes sense that you're saying that because she's like obviously like super smart and in, in, in with it in MLS. So hearing yeah. that she's a good commentator or analyst makes sense because of all the, all, all she does. Because yeah, you could also tell that she yeah. So she you could also tell that she's also played before. Um, so it's just yeah, I I could just tell a difference uh, week to week hearing someone who had someone to have a back and forth with um, and someone who, you know, she, she, I, I don't know. She just provided a lot to the broadcast um, without being too overbearing. Um, like it was, you know, when there was things to be said, she said them. Um, and so the color, the color commentary was very well done, but yeah. So do you have like a dream broadcast pair or, favorites who you really enjoy i don't uh, ever remember names um and i don't i'm not an auditory uh, learner so i don't really i'm not yeah. good at listening i think my favorite right now is Stu holden and john strong and i think that's that's probably not a, a very uncommon answer i think they're they're pretty great um 
they're just knowledgeable and, and they have a super super good chemistry they, they play off each other really well and john strong is a guy who knows how to let it breathe and actually has like really great like goal calls um and then Stu holden is like he's obviously you know a very experienced person from like his playing days and i think they just are, are really easy to listen to so that's definitely the i think like the the best pairing i don't know like if you if you were to say like get the best you know make the best yeah, union commentary you know partnership and i don't really know because i don't know if latu's like there yet i feel like he's still a little learning the game and, and he does like the halftime and pre-game and post-game and, and that's really cool i love having him involved and, and hearing him but i don't know if he would if he's like there yet to do like the full, a full game like commentary um so i don't know like i like I, I like that that the uh, Jonathan Yardley I think his name was and he was really good so you know there's probably people we don't know that are that could handle this stuff pretty well but yeah I don't know that's that's I guess that's our opinions on this yeah um, let's move into phase let's, I mean they're calling it phase two right. so um, yeah so our schedule was released we're playing Montreal Impact where. We're playing them at Red Bull Arena, of course. That's a bus ride, which is nice. Um, Cincinnati, uh, in Cincinnati. And then Inter-Miami is coming up to Chester. So I wonder also, I mean, I guess that's not too far away. I was thinking it might be further away, but I wonder how many fans might might be allowed to get into that, that home game. But I guess it'll probably be like what they're doing now, just like friends and family or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, so first reaction to those three games was nine points. It's got to oh, be yeah. nine points. Yeah. You can't play Montreal in, in New Jersey. You can't play Cincinnati. And you can't play Miami at home and not expect nine points. The only one I would actually say, and it might differ than uh, what you were thinking. Well, let me ask you. Let me throw this at you. Which of those three games could you see us dropping points at? Um. I don't know. I'm always worried about Montreal just because of previous like years against them. But I feel like in this situation and the way the Union are playing right now, I I I feel a little bit more confident us than than where Montreal is at right now. Even though they're not terrible this year, they like they only only playing Canadian teams, but they're I feel like they're doing decent. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I feel I, I I feel pretty confident like across the board. There's not, nothing really sticks out to me as like a. a easier or they're all pretty even in my mind what okay you, what do you feel um i feel cincinnati away weirdly mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough one just with the way that they play i don't think it's going to play into um the union style um because they're going to sit nine guys behind the ball maybe all 10 uh columbus has had a hard time with them um and and they just know that they're a team that's going to bunker and then try to score on a corner kick here or there. Um, I wonder if it's a game where Jim, if El is healthy, if Jim decides, let me start El Sino, try to break them down early. I, I don't know, but I, I see that as a game that might be a tough one to get points at. And that's weird for me to say as I'm looking at, like, you know, Cincinnati. I, I could see but that, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just playing a tough way to play, and we we don't have a good history of breaking down a team that bunkers. Yeah, no, I could see that, and it being an, uh, a road game, so like taking that trip, 
midweek after playing on Sunday, it's a Wednesday game. Like that's definitely a big factor too. I, like like I, I could definitely see that El starting uh, option just be like also like I I understand that tactically that makes sense, but also just like resting resting guys. I feel like that's a again yes. we're probably going to see the rotation and just because that's such a short turnaround and it's an away trip so that that's an added factor right so you have sunday up in new jersey so you get home late sunday night yeah. monday is a light day if anything tuesday you kind of practice run through what free kicks corner kicks and then wednesday you travel wednesday night you come back and then you have a couple days to get ready for miami and um recently acquired Iguain. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that signing. Um, I've heard some different things uh, through different outlets about. You know, some people are pumped about it. He's going to do well. Other people are like, that's the best Miami can get. Like, you're talking about David Beckham and all this hype. They've talked to about you know, like Suarez, Messi, Ronaldo, and then you're getting Iguain. Um. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I'm excited for guys, a guy like Mark McKenzie, to play against him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it either. I I think, I don't know. It's also like it's cool seeing a guy like that to just come to MLS. A guy coming from coming from Juventus to MLS is a as as a like a, not just like a fringe player uh, is, is pretty cool. Just like seeing that like on its own. Um, but I don't know. It's like he's a guy that was worth like what, like a hundred million dollars at some point. Like it's a pretty big, big, big time signing. Like he, I know he's not as like flashy signing, but like that's a like I think they said like uh, if the reports were true that he'd be like the most expensive uh, or the they're the highest paid player in MLS if the like according to certain reports. So like it is a it's a huge signing. I I just. Yeah, I don't know. He's like not as flashy, but he's got it. He's gonna. I assume he's gonna pull out some results. Results like he's gonna do something. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, another just highest in MLS. I guess right. Just thinking about who's in MLS right now. Um, what other big names are in the league right now? That'd be like world renowned. I mean, Chicharito. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like. It's a time of a quiet season right now. Quiet. Uh as far as like world-renowned players yeah that's true um yeah because like like i guess the next guy would be like vela or like probably like bradley is probably up there still but yeah there's no like zlatan or carlos vela anymore so i feel like eagle is coming carlos in like vela. what did i say you said carlos there's no carlos vela oh sorry there's no ibrahimovic or who's it? oh david like via david Hart. via like yeah, 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 like the yeah, NYC yeah. doesn't have any big name. Like, yeah, Red Bull doesn't have anyone. Like, I, the the next biggest name would actually be a coach, Thierry Henry. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's it is kind of an interesting time in the league where like we've made this shift or attempted shift to like let's not just have LA's, New York's, and now Miami just get some big name players. It's like let's bring in young players who can transition like Al Marone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right. So we're we're in a little bit of a weird situation because Martinez is going to be out with the red card or with the yellow card 
an accumulation. I think we're all proud that he lasted this long. Um, <laughs> really surprised us all. But Craval is—I don't know his status. Do you know his status? I don't think anyone knows his status. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he came out this week, but it, I mean, he was out last week. He wasn't in the lineup, and neither was a handful of other guys, including Santos, Elliot, Osinio. Wagner is still out, so there, there's a there's a bit of an injury bug right now. So it, yeah, let's let's start with um, let's go. So we'll go into the projected lineup for it. Let's just stick with Montreal because past that it, it yeah, could change a lot. But let's so let's say with Montreal, who do you who would you expect to see at the number eight in, for Martinez? All right, so six at the six. Here's yep, my bad. What bad. I it's okay, it's okay. Here's what I think would. Uh... Could, here's what I think could happen. Okay. Okay. So I'm just thinking of players right now. So um, let's go 4 2 3 1 with Bedoya and Montero sitting. Um, and then you've got Aronson. <laughs> uh, gosh. All right. So we don't have any wingers on this team. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Anton Fontana and oh gosh, I okay, um, maybe an Elsino if he's healthy. Uh, gosh, who even plays on this team anymore? He's not hurt. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you'd be hoping that someone's able to start, but yeah. So I mean, maybe even go Matt Real on the left, Fontana on the right, Aronson in the middle, and then throw Casper up top. Maybe maybe you just throw a Vooten out there. I I don't know. Um if you go well okay, so that's my that's my take. Obviously it was not very good. Um <laughs> a lot of thought went into that one. Well well so I was thinking okay, I like the idea of Martin uh, was it Mon- Montero and Bedoya. I feel like they've done the the two before sitting there together. So I feel like there is some familiarity in filling in that area if Kripal can't go. Okay, I I don't really like that. I, I think Montero is being underutilized in that he's not playing forward enough. I think he should like ideally, his ideal spot should be the number ten. But so I don't know if I I want him as one of those like a, a double pivot type thing. So I would, I think I would stick with the four four two like the diamond, and I don't know. I would go try Turner or maybe even like Orvitz if he's if he's back and out of like quarantine and stuff like i think just throw out the guy like that and let him try and like because we still have bedoya and montero to like cover the flanks and like 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 bedoya can stay back if he needs to but i would try to stay with one of those guys and stay with the same formation and then mm-hmm. still keep the two like keep Vooten and and, and casper up top and and just give it a, 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 a younger guy a shot like i'd be pretty cool to see like Cole turner just because we're on this, yeah, this no, home I mean, I streak. Would, yeah, I would totally enjoy seeing someone sit in the six. I just don't know. I feel like that's not in character for... I Just thinking of... I feel like Jim's... Gosh, because we just don't have wingers. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like it's more in character for Jim to switch to a 4-2-3-1 than to just start a... Let me just throw a guy out there who hasn't seen minutes before. I yeah. Just thinking... Like Turner and Orvitz have not seen a minute in MLS. No, so, I know. Yeah, it's uh, risky. But I, 
in in your favor there's no better time because behind them and in front of them are going to be four players that you're not going to get better than that in the union's system between right. mckenzie Klesnes, elliot whoever's the two and then montero and bedoya like if you're going to throw someone out there you're right do it now and you've got more protection than you'll ever have yeah no i, I think it'd be really cool to see i i'd imagine at least like elliot or Kraval will so I'm, i'd assume someone's gonna be, be back and healthy and be able to fill in because I, I could see it if elliot's back then they play like him as the number six or like you know something like that and work it that way rather than a guy without who's not played any minutes but i i do think if if we do have to play the four two three or like not have to but if he chooses to play the four two three one i think it'd be something like Ilsenio and aronson are the wingers and then like casper's the like pseudo number 10. wow uh, okay yeah, yeah, uh, I behind that, yeah. Um, yeah yeah that's i don't yeah. i don't know if i love that but like that's the way you could work if you want to play the four two three one right right yeah just yeah yeah I mean, that's that's yeah. a very like attack heavy lineup with like even like those Mon- montero and Bedoya would get up there too so like that'd be that'd be interesting i don't i don't know about those guys in those positions but i don't know i i don't know either i don't <laughs> know either we will find out on sunday though yeah um yeah it's cool like it it kind of forces the hand of trying something different like we'll see like i i guess this is uh with the asterisks being some of these guys injury status so you know we'll see yeah yeah we just don't know um all right so let's move on to weekly ebay fines Correct. have you have anything <laughs> uh i haven't found anything too crazy um now you sent me something on saturday and i liked it um i thought it was pretty cool i think did you say renee sent it to you or did someone else send it oh, to you oh yeah, yeah okay 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 one second so this is okay. a shout out to silver ray on twitter renee uh who we met uh at our at our uh pickup thing cool dude he is also a, a big ebay uh, union um customer i guess so he said he sent me this message on twitter and it was uh ebay product of uh <laughs> eight philadelphia union ticket stubs for the 2020 season and it's all like games that you know would have happened where this a regular year so it's all just like unused game like tickets for games that didn't never happened and you could get it. It's a uh, crap. It's like eight tickets for I think it was like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, and so okay, so you kind of laugh, but um, for oh sorry, it was five dollars. Like it's not that. Like it's kind of cool because if you think about it, one, it's ticket stubs, which aren't really like you print off your tickets nowadays. Like a lot of times, you either print it off or share your phone. So it's ticket stubs, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then it also comes commemorates games that didn't exist which is something like yeah when else (laughs) there's a global pandemic you're not going to get that any other year so i say it's kind of cool but i could not uh spend money on fake on that (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean i think ticket stubs are cool and cool to collect when it's for like big meaningful games either to you or to the team or something it's not just like random ticket stubs because even if these games yeah. like did exist, like I obviously like that's a factor that it doesn't exist. But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not much of a collector, so they they don't. I don't I don't get it. But it's it is interesting. It was a good good find by Renee. 
Yeah, and they they might be listening right now. If you're listening right now, uh, hit me up at doopybrothers at gmail.com. Give me a good deal. I'll, I'll take those ticket stubs off your hands, but it would have to be a very good deal. Um, <laughs> I did just see like a koozie, Union koozie for like eight bucks. Seems a little high for a koozie, but there's always the Amobia Kugo bobblehead. My just, you know, I, I was moving some stuff around here and realized Keegan had broken mine. So I'm like, oh man, I might, <laughs> I might need to get myself a new Amobia Kugo bobblehead from uh, back in the day because that's that's a thing. But yeah, good find, good find. Uh, thanks, Silver Ray. We appreciate that. Um, Renee's a cool dude. I like him. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have a prediction for? We'll just do the Montreal game. We yeah. think at prediction and we predict wins and the Union keep winning, so that's good. Yeah. So we get at least to get that going for us. Um, yeah. All right. My prediction will be: I think we're gonna win. I'm gonna go with another two-one. Okay. Do you have Maybe goals? Maybe, yeah, let's say goals from Casper and Cole Turner. No, just kidding. Casper and uh, Montero is gonna get finally get on the board. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If you like, his stats aren't that great for mm-hmm. uh, you know, your big DP. Anyway. Um. All right. Yeah. I'll go. Let's see. Montreal. I keep. You said two one. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go two zero. I think they'll they'll hold a shut out shut out after uh, this game, giving up that goal. That was kind of some crappy defense. I think they're gonna come out to the shutout. Okay. And I'll go Aronson back. I'll just go the classics. Aronson Casper. I saw nice. those two want to want to be the show again. Nice. So, all right, man. Well, yo, that was that was a good show. Pretty pretty relaxed. All one game and then a little bit of a preview. That's good stuff. Um. Cool. Next week, we have no idea when we'll record because we've got three games. Um, oh, I got a game on Wednesday, and that's when uh, Cincy plays. Bummer. Ooh. We'll see. Um, and then following Sunday. So maybe maybe we'll do it later in the week next week so we can re- recap two and then preview one. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we appreciate it. Love you guys. Leave a what, – what do people do? Leave comments, leave reviews, whatever you do to make us um, – super rich and famous and keep being good people bye guys